Hi, I'm Dave, and you're listening to Making Problems to Solve, the podcast about curiosity, creativity, and problem solving. Today, I'm talking to Brandy Obey. She's a welder and fabricator and metal artist. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm great. You got my name right. That's awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I practiced that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Um, so I've watched your um, video that Justin maybe made, um, you know, uh, outlining your kind of your, you know, your work and what you do. And I know that you have, you know, your family is very musical. Very much so. We've got yeah. many Grammy nominated people within our, uh, our circle. Wow. That's family. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, what I usually like to do is talk to people kind of like how they got started being creative. And I guess, did you, that start when you were a kid, uh, making music? Um, yeah, we were, uh, my uncle, my uncles are, um, my mom's younger brothers are not that much older than us. And we were heavily influenced by them. Uh, they, they played mu they grew up playing music. And when I was uh, 17 and my sister was 15, we joined our uncle's band and we were painfully shy, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> eventually we came out of our shells and, uh, we were backup singers and singers in that band. I stole this information from your website and said, you, are you have your own band now? We, I do. I have my own classic rock band called the Magnolites. Okay. So much fun. With, uh, it's all family. My sister plays drums. Our cousin Megan plays guitar. And my mom's younger brother plays keyboards and bass. Wow, that's really fun. Yeah, so it's a whole family uh, activity. That's right. And did you guys do any other kind of creative stuff growing up? Uh, is there anybody in your family who's, uh, you know, draws or paints or <laughs> sculptor or anything? Absolutely. My, uh, my grandparents, uh, one was a bricklayer. My other, the other side of my family, my dad's parents were, uh, they were craftsmen and makers. Um, my, my, my grandmother used to make porcelain dolls. My grandfather used to make everything you could imagine. And my dad is, um, also a welder and an innovator and, um, a DIYer. Like he built every home that we ever lived in and okay. uh yeah built boats and an entrepreneur for sure now he didn't teach me how to weld but i grew up around it so okay and what uh kind of got you into welding on your own then so i went to college for product design and um which gave me a good design background you know a base somewhere mm -hmm. to start um I didn't take welding in college or high school, um, but shortly after I graduated, a classmate and I started dating and he had a welding machine in his shop and he's like, you want to learn? And I was like, sure. And that was <laughs> it. It was, it was over. <laughs> okay. Never looked back. What kind of, what were you, what did you first start making when you were first learned to weld? I made furniture immediately. Okay. Yep. It, tables and um, things like that. and. Uh, then shortly thereafter, um, there was a big public arts, uh, not a competition, uh, um, a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, I participated in that and that kind of got my name out there around here. Right. So that was cool. Got a lot of press was stolen. The, the piece of art was stolen. And then, so oh, I no. made another one. So yeah, <laughs> it was, a, it got a lot of press because of that also. No, oh, did they ever find out who uh, who took the? Arizona? They did not. 
they did not find out who took okay. it. However, af- like a couple of weeks after I p- installed this, the replacement piece, mm-hmm. the original was found. And okay. uh, so I have the original and I will rebuild it this year. I, I, I've set a goal. And that was like, oh, 2010. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. No, Two, the year 2000 was when wow. I installed the, uh, the original. Okay. And so now it's a Can't project. Believe it's 23 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. It does. It does. What, you know, inspired you to start making furniture? Was that part of your, you know, design background or did you just need some furniture? Exactly. I needed furniture. I was a okay. broke, freshly out of college kid. And, you know, I started by making our own furniture and then made some furniture to put in a, um, I guess it was sort of a gallery and mm-hmm. uh, sold a few pieces that way. Do you remember how you got associated with that gallery? Did someone find your work or? Um, I actually worked at, it was a, a picture frame shop slash gallery. Mm-hmm. And I worked okay. there as a picture framer. That was my first job ever and um, loved it. It was the best job. And, um, and so that, that was, it was that way. After I started making furniture, they're like, Hey, you want to put a couple of pieces in? And I, I did. Oh, that's cool. It's just a yeah. lucky coincidence that you, you know, started yeah. out in the right place. Remember from your story, you said your dad gave you your first uh, welding machine for Christmas? He did. I remember my sister coming, you know, we were getting together for Christmas one year and my sister came out and met me in the, uh, in the driveway and was like, you're not going to believe what daddy got you. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was amazing. Yeah. Oh. Uh, a Miller machine, a Millermatic, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, me and that machine had been through so much. Have been through so much. <laughs> we yeah. made a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was sort of portable, so I could go out to job sites and weld things for people. Mm-hmm. I did a lot with that machine. Okay. Made some money, you know. When I got when right. things got tight, I was able to make stuff and make some right. money. Cool. And so I know you've. You've made a lot of the stuff that's in your house now. I can see the railing you built that goes along with the staircase. You built that when yeah. you... I pretty much made everything in this house. Um, if I haven't made it, then I flea market flipped it, you know. And okay. uh, the, only thing, the only thing that I have not made is, a, is our couch. That's... Okay. <laughs> yeah. I haven't made or, or purchased from a flea market and refinished. Yeah. So you do other types of, you know, you've refinished wood furniture too not just metal <laughs> that's right i yeah i do I've, I've done one major wood uh working project in my life which is our dining table that i made about a year ago okay and the rest like i'll i'll do some minor reupholstery i do i sew also mm-hmm. so okay so you just yeah you know, my mom whatever my mom you need, you to sew all our clothes that's right that's right okay <laughs> it, that's that's kind of like the um that's the way I grew up. You know, my dad would do everything for us. He would fix our cars. He would make, make our houses. Um, right. Yeah. He said he built a house. So, <laughs> right. Like, so it, it, everything is very DIY. You know, I grew up that way. My mom used to make our, sew our clothes when we were little. Um, yeah. So I, I rare, rarely do I hire people to do things for me. 
(laughs) Some days I'm like, one day I'll make enough money to hire someone to do something for me. But in the meantime, I'll just do it myself. Okay. And you just, you've just been doing that the whole time. So you just figure out every new uh, problem you need. Exactly. I figure it out. Yep. Exactly. The public art project you did was the Pelosquito. Pelosquito. (laughs) (laughs) It was a hybrid of a, so the icon of the, uh, of the art project was a pelican. So everyone, artists got a fiberglass pelican Mm -hmm. and I cut mine up into like really I cut the wings. I cut the the only thing original was the head, and then I turned it into a mosquito, a giant mosquito, which some would say is the real state bird of Louisiana. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Actually, the pelican is the real the state bird. It's the official state bird. <laughs> it's of the official state Louisiana, bird. but the actual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I get you. Yeah, I've heard a couple uh, states try to claim the mosquito. So I think Louisiana probably is a pretty good. Uh, um, we we got a pretty good running, I think, but. Yeah, I, I might be surprised. <laughs> Those pesky little varmints, they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. So I just wanted to talk about some of the other um, just different types of work you've done because you've done so many different things, you know, just different lighting fixtures and stuff. Do you have any particular projects that uh, stand out for that? I do. There was one that was a, um, a the designer approached me with this um it was an Italian fixture, uh, all bronze, and um, I'm sure very expensive. Um, but the client, his client, had found a picture of it somewhere and wanted wanted that, and so he approached me to remake it, to recreate it. <laughs> I recreated it. I actually recreated it twice for him, and then recently, he sent me a link to a. think maybe Wayfair and they had got someone some lighting company got the idea to re to re uh create it as well so it's out there now it's a it's beautiful it's sort of art deco and a lot of curves it was really fun to make and now you know when you see it on Wayfair it's like really people are gonna think that just (laughs) (laughs) you copied that I copied a Wayfair yeah uh, it's definitely, I think if they see it in person, they could tell the quality difference. Uh, did you make so. it out of bronze? No, it was steel. Yeah. Okay, so you we, recreated, we recreated the recreated it out of, steel. Out, of, out of steel. It was a really fun project. That's cool. I don't, I don't think I've seen a picture of that. I'll have, you think it's uh, is it online some, on your website? Or? It is. It's on, um, yeah, it's, it's on my website and Instagram. Cool. Somewhere. I'll have to check that out. How did you, uh, did you finish it? Did you finish it to look like bronze or was it? Uh, actually the bronze was patinaed red and, uh, okay. they ended up powder coating it red. Okay. That's cool. It was really That's cool. Just... I, 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 I started to think, Hmm, where could I fit one of those in my house? Cause it was so cool, but right. uh, I'm kind of filled up here. <laughs> oh no. You have all your light fixtures you need. I do. <laughs> yeah. I think, did you make one for your dining room? Is that the one I I've did, seen? I did, like I did, I did. The very geometric uh, yes. shapes. I wanted a lot of light thrown. We have like a big area, so I wanted a lot of light. And um, not that it couldn't be replaced with something else, but sure. nah, it, it, it works. It works for the space. 
it's cool to be able to do things like that for your own house. Yeah, definitely. People. Oh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, definitely inspiring. I haven't actually built any anything like that for myself, but you know, just seeing everybody have all these projects gives me a lot of ideas. So definitely have to work for on that. Sure. And again, I've I've seen stuff that you know go to like Home Depot and you're like, oh, I kind of like that thing, and doesn't either doesn't fit or it's, you know it's you can tell it's not really worth like what they're asking for it. Right. You know. Right. So. Right. So, you know, yeah. maybe that's, you know, the more things you learn how to make, you can, you know, make a light fixture. And then if you don't, you know, you're not happy with that one anymore, you can make another one. That's right. <laughs> uh, or you I can, can fix it or improve it. Yeah. I sure can. So. There's, there's certain things now that, I, um, you know, we've been in this house for over a little over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And there's stuff that I, I'm ready to, the stuff that I built that I'm ready to redo. Like sure. my stair railing, <laughs> I'm ready to. Oh, really? Kind of ready to, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but, yeah, you have to look at it every day. <laughs> Everyone else probably thinks it's great. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, not that I'm going to get to it anytime soon, I have a feeling. So, <laughs> that's it's a, yeah, safe. it's a pretty big project. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But when we, when we were building this, when I was building the original staircase and railings and the whole, the whole system, we were, we had just, we finished, we closed in our shop first so that I could work out of it and then mm -hmm. move the camper on, onto the property. And then I found out I was expecting and I was like, oh my God, what am I going <laughs> to do? I'm like, I got myself planned, you know, for all kinds of projects, in, the staircase included, but mm -hmm. it, it was fine. I had a great, great pregnancy. Um, Built that staircase off of like I, I was working on a two saw horses and a piece of MDF as my work table, you know. We oh my were, goodness! We, yeah. <laughs> a, so and one one um source of power from the house to the shop. It was it was a mess. You're not really supposed to weld that way, you no, know. It's with not, the, it's not ideal. <laughs> no, it's not ideal. That's why I'm like, oh, I, I could do such a better job. <laughs> now, oh, right. Yeah. 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 If you go look at you know all the little details. But. Exactly. And I look at them every day. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> that is one that's one downside of making stuff for your house is that, you know, you're reminded. But I mean, it's still it's it's a moment in time, you know, you probably, you know, you said it's over 10 years ago, your right. just your skills and experience are are so much different at this point. So, oh, exactly. Exactly. You know, so, so it's a good memory, you know, again, it's a reminder of like, you know, where you were at that time and you know what you could do you again with an extension cord and uh right, two horses, so, <laughs> right. you and know a, not in a big pregnant belly <laughs> yeah so that's is that the first did you ever build a staircase or anything like that that size before no before never. you had done that nope okay never wow I'm, what yeah, made I you think you could do it <laughs> i didn't think i could not i could not do it <laughs> okay that's fair <laughs> i'm like yeah i'll do that i'll figure it out yeah that's of cool of course yeah, that's really that's pretty that's pretty impressive, you know, just to take on that type type of challenge. Yeah, I think as makers that's what we do. We just there's nothing outside of our reach. Right. You know, we're willing to stretch and try. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can you know, figure it out as you're going. Do you remember any sort of was there any interesting challenges to getting that besides just the, I mean, the size and the sawhorses? <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, not really. It 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 went off without a hitch. Just 
I, I take that back. There was one hitch. <laughs> we had we had called in backup because I couldn't lift heavy things. By the time that, so it was made in three phases: the substructure of the stairs, mm-hmm. then the rails, then the loft rails. Um, okay. Between some of those installs, I had to lay an entire floor upstairs so that we could lay it on top. So I was also installing flooring. Goodness. Yeah. So by the time we got to the final install of the the loft rails, I was pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we called in help for my cousin to come and help us quickly lift this thing up here and install it. And it didn't fit. Something oh. something was off. Uh, I think sure. actually the bracket where I, so I was like, let's go bring it down to the shop. I'm, you know, while we had the help, I was like, we're fixing it now. We're doing it now. I, I hurried up, got it done. And like a glove went in. <laughs> so <laughs> that was it. That was the only, um, the only trouble we had. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's totally reasonable because you're building such a large structure. Not yeah. in the space where it's going to go, you know, and if you're off by a little bit, I mean, that's yeah. not totally crazy. <laughs> sure right. I was, time. I was off and I don't, I don't quite remember what, what, what happened or what I had, what had gone wrong, but it was an easy fix. I was, I fixed it within half an hour and we were good to go. Oh, that's great. You see, you just have the confidence. You're like, yep, this has to be done. So it's going to get done. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we were <laughs> against the clock. <laughs> that's pretty cool do you remember any other kind of challenging projects from like learning how to build all these things because i mean you've done like all these different things furniture gates railings um and you just kind of taught yourself that uh as you went yep i would take jobs and just learn on the on the spot i i don't think i've I don't think there's have hasn't been anything that I was really afraid of. There's there's things that I've you know been concerned about, but I think through every I think that's what design school helped me with mm-hmm. thinking through every scenario. Well, also experience thinking through right. every scenario that could potentially go wrong or you know something like that or. If if I'm not installing it myself, well, how can I make this easier for the end user who's installing it? Or yeah, because you have done installations, so you're like, okay, I know these are the things that are going to be a challenge and going right. to be annoying, so I'm going right. to work past that. Right. How can I help them make this easier? That's probably that probably helps a lot to get repeat customers or you yeah. know to build your <laughs> reputation. It's like, hey, it was so easy to install. Right. Thought of everything. Uh, it went together just like it was supposed to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. I've been at this for 23 years now. So <laughs> I've, yeah, I've learned some things. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I like the way, you know, that, you know, you, the design, you appreciated that you learned some of the, you know, the basics of how, again, you said product design, you know, like this, the expectations of what people who are going to get the product you know, from that. Right. It's easy to install a table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It just has to fit through the door. It's got to fit through the door. <laughs> yeah. Some of the other stuff I looked at, yeah, I was watching uh, the metal frames you've made for fabric 
So you, you said they were for uh, either yeah. canvas or other types of, and those are like, those are really interesting uh, use of, you know, metal a sculpture or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, when embroidery had become really popular in the last few years is when I had the idea to do it out of metal and mm-hmm. like make it more of a, you know, people were framing things in embroidery, wooden embroidery hoops. And um, so it just makes it more substantial, you know, for an right. art piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I didn't. I didn't start an Etsy store until last year and they've been doing well on Etsy. Like a lot of people use them to uh, frame their artwork. Yeah. They're really, it's just interesting, a different, you know, way to, to frame it. Right. Uh, to those, stretch with metal. Canvas. Yeah. And stretch right. It. Stretching mm-hmm. canvas, you know, you usually requires a stretcher bar frame and, you know, specialized equipment. This, this way you can just pop it in there and there you have it a stretched piece of fabric. Yeah, they're the and they, yeah, they look really great. I'm just really Thanks. I'm surprised by those. And the I guess is this the latest product you had, the vase? The vase. Yes. So that's a metal a, basically a metal sculpture. Yeah, I got a um I I got my first plasma table. So I was like, okay, I want to okay. make a product where I utilize it. So that's what I came up with. I don't remember how I have the original drawings, you okay. know, the sketches of it. And it was so easy to, to make it happen. You know, you, you get a, the ideation and then within two days you can have the end product. Okay. So that's cool. really cool. Yeah. 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 So it's basically like a metal frames, like two X's, right? That go, or I don't know what you want. Diamonds. <laughs> that yeah. Go together and then you can put a, their, uh, Either a candle or a, mm-hmm. or use it as a propagation. It sell, I sell it with a, a little test tube. Right, for plants, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually saw someone, a local artist, metal artist, who did, you know, basically using the test tubes, but different type of metal frame for a plant. And oh, cool. That's really interesting, yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's a, that's a, that's a fun idea. I know I've seen those before, but I don't know if you've seen a lot of metal or, you know, metal plant, uh, plant right. stands. Right, so. yeah. Yeah. So they're they're very cool. So one of the things uh you talked about with Justin, I like to steal ideas from him. So <laughs> um but you just I, I guess it just talked about like that one of the things that you learned, you know, through all your experience in I suppose design school was just that you understand like how how objects, you know, go together, how they you know, how to build something from the various parts and and you can envision like how it's going to fit in the space where it's going to go. Yes. Yeah. That, and that just comes from experience, you know, mm-hmm. learning how to fabricate things. That's you, you can't go to school for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you can, but it just get, it gives well, you, you, you know, you're learning the technical aspects, but you're not learning the real world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've just, I've just, kept on going you know <laughs> some sometimes i'm like why did i why did i why did i keep going oh <laughs> you know but it's always been something i've i've been able to fall back on so oh, sure yeah do you just mean design or making things in general <laughs> making things in general yeah welding yeah yep mm-hmm. 
Has that been like your main career basically since you started it or? Um, I've always worked a job. Okay. Um, I, there have been times in between. Sure. Real jobs. You know, I've worked in the aviation industry, metal building industry, teaching. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it, it's sort of, I've always fallen in within the manufacturing industry though, which, you know, and you, you learn things that way. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Different processes. Uh, oh, see, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't know your experience in manufacturing. <laughs> sure. I used to work at a plastics injection molding company, which was cool. Um, right. I was in quality. I ended up in quality control when they realized that I'm, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I'm into quality. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So did any experience you had uh, from doing your previous work, uh, help you in the quality control department? I think that just my, my eye for things mm -hmm. and, you know, being a, actually they, they gave us a test when, before you get hired, it's called the DISC and um, it measures, I don't know, it's measures different um, aptitudes or whatever. Aptitudes, exactly. <laughs> and I, I was off the charts for, um, perfectionism and uh, <laughs> I don't remember what the other one was, but uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, and again, that makes sense, I guess, you know, like talking about like, you know, and, and just looking at your work, that's obvious, you know, that you have the attention to the details. Attention and, to detail. That's right. And you said you were an art, you tried uh, being an art teacher for a couple of years. I did because I wanted to leave the, the plastics industry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Ready to get out of there. <laughs> Um, and, uh, a job opening came, uh, for my, uh, where my son goes to school. Oh, all right. And I applied and they had me, um, even though I wasn't, I'm not a, you know, I wasn't a teacher ever, but they, they saw something in me and, uh, yeah, I had, it was fun. It was a lot of work. It was, oh, I imagine, you know, I can work 12 hours a day in my shop and not work as hard as I did at that job. Oh, it, yeah. I think anyone I talked to as a teacher would agree. <laughs> yeah, it, it is intense. I felt like I was running a marathon every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just I'd come home and lay in the middle of my floor exhausted. Right. Yeah. And I think you said you're teaching uh, eighth Pre grade. Eighth or, or eighth grade. Right. Yeah. So those young kids, they're kind of, you know, a little more challenging, I think, less focused and... <laughs> A lot, yeah, <laughs> a lot less focused. <laughs> Did the you? Sweet, there's a sweet spot though, like third grade and fourth grade, sweet spot. Sweet kids, okay. they're funny. They can, you know, do things. Their their imaginations are incredible. I loved cool. loved third and fourth grade. Okay, that's yeah, that's good to know. Maybe in the future, it might be <laughs> right. You if know, you ever find you yourself... need to fall back. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. What I guess did you just teach all different aspects of art? Because I know that our programs can be really varied. So, I did. Um, I I tried to bring in what I learned in college. You know, product some product mm -hmm. design. You know, we did some some interesting chair chair products. I want. I tried to do some three D pro a lot of three D projects with them. Okay, makes other sense. than just drawing and um, you know, stuff like that. But I tried to get. I tried to introduce that world to them. And also, right. uh, the first day actually of 
of teaching, I would always show them the Justin Maybe video. Really? Yes. I was part of my, my lesson. The okay. So it, it kind of introduced me and mm -hmm. introduced what I do and show them a different aspect of art because, you know, around here, a lot of parents are not into art. Sure. You know, art is just drawing and painting to mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, I wanted to show them that a lot more than that design and look at look miss brandy does welding and metalwork right that's a whole other um aspect of art yeah for sure and i was, I was actually going to ask you that is that it, how, you know did they know you know what you you know did outside of the classroom you know with the metalwork and stuff and obviously you show it to them I first mean, thing sure. so sure i think and that's really I, important yeah yes and i would i would update them on things that i was working on mm -hmm. uh as I went, I, while I was teaching my first year, I took a few days off to go do a Make 48 event with April Wilkerson, okay. uh, where we made a table. So I made sure to let them know what I was doing while I was gone. You know, I showed them the video. I sh introduced them to April, you know. Right. Look at, look at all the things that she's doing. Yeah. That's, yeah, she's doing everything. <laughs> that's right. A lot of the girls were like, Miss Brandy, how do I get to do what you do? You know, it was, it was cool. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really important. And I was talking, to, uh, I don't know if you know, Brittany Carbone, she's yes, posted yes. just recently. She's trying to get uh, people to like share their experience of like how they, how they uh, were encouraged to, you know, pursue like a, their creative career That's or right. just creative uh, activities. I love that. I love that she's doing that. I'm sending, I'm going to send her a video of my yeah. own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and that's just that's something I've been thinking about a lot is that I never, you know, when I was in school, I didn't have any idea that art was anything of any kind of job, you know, or that it was something that was actually a thing you could do. Neither <laughs> um, did I. Neither yeah. did I. You know, I was on the college track where you don't mm -hmm. you don't take a lot of arts, you don't take industrial arts, you don't or whatever whatever classes like that. Right. I think agriculture was where you learned how to weld. And mm -hmm. that just wasn't on my, in my plan. Yeah. Uh, I think I took one art appreciation class when I was a senior. And then mm -hmm. based on that one class was like, I went into art in college. Okay. Wow. Right. It, well, yeah. Industrial design was a sort of an art degree. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Cause I eventually went for graphic design because I was like, okay, this is a job that's related to, you know, creative field. Right. Um, I didn't actually ever turn that into a job, but I did, you know, I still use the stuff I learned there, but yeah. um, no, I forgot. just um, like, just like I didn't, I didn't ever get a job in industrial design, but yeah. everything I do is industrial design. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's rare. You know, not a lot of, not a whole lot of people that I graduated with are, are doing that type of work. Yeah. Like directly creative work. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I mean, I took all the art classes in high school and they still didn't have any kind of um, just, you know, encouragement or idea that, you know, but you, you should, you know, continue with this. So, yeah. And then think about think about the kids nowadays, which is I would love to. That's what I want to tell mm -hmm. Brittany's students. You have such a big opportunity to make it what you will with social media and getting yourself out there is so, yeah. you know, or you can start a whole business 
mm-hmm. your own. You don't need permission right. to be an artist. You don't need a show in a gallery. Right. You, find, yeah, exactly. you find people that are fans of your work and that's it. That's yeah. all you need. I like how you said that you don't need permission because that's um, uh, Tom, the infinite craftsman. He's, I was talking to him and he said the same thing. He's like all the time. He just walks up to people and says, you have permission. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever oh, you want to do, awesome. you have permission. You don't need, you, know, you don't need it. But, you know, if you were waiting for that, you got it. <laughs> There's a, uh, oh, I can't. Culture hustle. He he makes mm-hmm. uh, a lot of different paints for artists, and yes, he sells a a, a permission slip. Okay, <laughs> you can buy for people. <laughs> Here is your permission slip. Yeah, well, <laughs> I love. That. Yeah, that's great. And I think you know, obviously, you hear that from a lot of people. You know, here on social media, that just to get started and all that. So it's great that we have that. You know, exposure now. You can see so many more people who are and again. That's probably that's how I got back into doing creative stuff after you know twenty five years or whatever. Oh wow, that's awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm glad to hear that. Um, one of the things that I came up with when I created this whole show, and that's what it's called, Making <laughs> Problems to Solve. It's about, you know, prob- the connection between problem solving and art and creativity. Did you, uh, did you, were you able to uh, share any of that with your students when you're in the art class? Or? Oh, absolutely. You know, I get them to, so we, we one project was our, we're going to design we, I, I didn't want to call it a chair. Mm-hmm. I wanted to call it a way to support the human body in, re- in a rest position. Okay. So what, you know, what could we do for that? Mm-hmm. Um, and just getting them to think outside of what they've already seen. Yeah. You know, what's already out there. What, what have they seen? Some of them are really, I mean, you know, children, they have, no preconceived preconceived ideas about certain things and some of their ideas i i wanted to use in some of my yeah. designs <laughs> i learned from them that's another thing i like to ask people when i talk to our teachers like yeah what did you learn from your students is there anything you can think of or um nothing specific just just like having no notion of what something should be. Right. Yeah. So it's just more of that like freedom, uh, freedom. You know, that, you know, to use your imagination. <laughs> exactly. There's no one there, you know, especially you can see there's a marked difference between the younger kids and the older kids. The mm-hmm. older kids are so much more limited in their thinking mm-hmm. when they're young there's no there's no borders to to what they could do right and um that's awesome they they just imagine the greatest things <laughs> you know sure there's yep no and that's kind of um why we need to have art class right so that the kids you know as they get older they still have that space and they still can understand you know that this is you know you still you still need to have that imagination. You still need to, you know, like remember, you know, that you can do that. Exactly. It's like the older kids are, they're afraid to be judged. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're afraid, more afraid than, than the younger kids, which is a shame. Yeah. 
And I think that's one of the things, you know, that as, you know, it, kind of these creative people, you know, <laughs> have kind of figured out, right? Is that um, there's so many different ways to, you know, to be creative. And, you know, if you are, you know, if you're genuine and passionate about what you do, you'll be able to find someone who's also interested in what you're doing, you know, in that, you know, that, that there's so many different ways to do that. You don't have to, you know, worry about that. It's hard to, it's hard to see that when you're in middle school, but <laughs> it is right. And w which is surprising because these kids have grown up with, you know, the internet and, you know, we mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't, um, no YouTube, no social media. Right. I was, you know, I was, I graduated in college in 1999 and we still had dial up, you know, it was, yeah. it's just amazing how far we've come in a short time and how you can be exposed to so much now. They, they don't, I don't think they realize how lucky they are, or, you know, not only no, being yeah. exposed to, but putting yourself out there. I spoke to um, a group of girls from a, a high school in Galveston, Texas, and um, they were in welding in, in high school. And cool. um, like girls, I uh, said, y'all have an opportunity to, to just get out there and do whatever you want. I said, learning how to weld, you know, even though I went to college, has been the greatest thing I've ever done. Um, mm -hmm. Look look at where it's taken me places I never thought it would. Right. You know, by putting myself out there. So my niece is in, my niece and nephew are also in welding. I bought them their first welding helmets. So that's wow. cool. I'm the cool aunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've also done, you did teaching welding at a uh, maker camp. I did. I loved it. Everybody's so like, Oh, so eager to learn and mm -hmm. fascinated by the and like some it's amazing that um how some of some come some come so naturally to some people. You know, I right. was like, you don't need me to teach you, you got this. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely scary and there's like sparks and you have to, you know, you can't see through the welding helmet and there's so many different and yeah. if you look at the welder, there's all these knobs and you don't know what anything to do. So yeah, <laughs> we did. Our, there's a lot to learn. We did. We did our best to teach all that before we, so we had a, um, sort of a, a women's happy hour mm -hmm. uh, of welding so that, you know, take away the intimidation of, of all that, you know, right. just, it's just us gals here. We're all here to learn and we're going to teach you what you want to know. It was so much fun. That's we really taught men, women, and children. <laughs> yeah. Weekend. Yeah. Like, I think that's got to be the, it might be the most popular thing besides, I mean, the blacksmithing hint is really popular, but the welding is, because again, it's something, both of those things are things you can't do at home. Right. Easily. Yeah. You know? Just to try it, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like a great opportunity to try it. Yeah. Look, I tried it and look at me. <laughs> look at me right, now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Turned into your whole, your whole thing. Um, yeah, do you, I don't know if you remember anybody in particular, did anybody say they were going to go and uh, get a welder and <laughs> get a started? Few, um, quite a few people, maybe, maybe two or three. Yeah. Okay. That's I think cool. they should. Yeah. 
I'd be curious. I wonder if we can we have to maybe have Austin reach out to people and see like, hey, did you learn how to weld at Maker Camp? And you know, what are you doing now? You know, see see like what you know where if anybody's he's taking it on and you know where they're what oh, they've learned yeah. and since then. That would be cool. Yeah. I, no one that I know of has actually invested yet, mm-hmm. but yeah. they are close. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I've d- I did it twice at Maker Camp, the welding, and um, I still haven't bought one. But you know, it's tough because I don't have oh, like a really good spot. You know, I have to do it outside, right? A, a building that I can do it that's not going to burn down. So exactly, and a lot <laughs> it's of a little a tricky. Lot of these, yeah, a lot of these people are woodworkers, and you really don't want to mix that. <laughs> exactly, that's for sure. Sawdust and sparks, nah. Yeah, that's, yeah, because my I wood shop is. Yeah, that's why I haven't um done a lot of woodworking. We we're, we're the plan is to add on to the shop and it'll be mm-hmm. like a dedicated woodworking area. Right. That makes sense. But I, I, I see all these woodworkers and I'm, I'm like, how do they do this? I want to <laughs> know how to, I want to know how to do this. Yeah. You can, oh, I'm sure you could probably figure it out if you just had the tools, right? I, I think so. We have woodworking tools, but oh, sure. I just, the, I don't know if I have the skills. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure you can figure it out just as soon as you get a a specific project you want to do. I think you'll yeah. be able to, you know, yeah. learn it. And of course, you can always, yeah, I'm sure you can invite someone to come over, you know, oh, hang out with April or somebody and the, yeah, <laughs> get the skills. Course. Any questions I have uh, for my dining room table? I asked a few few questions to my friends, mm-hmm. my uh, maker friends. Yeah, that's the thing about this community. I mean, anything you want to know, every there's, ton, I mean, tons of people that are ready to share their knowledge. Yes, exactly. That's what it's you know. That's what the community is about. Is about sharing, you know, information and making, you know, getting more people, you know, to wherever they want to go. And yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Who knew you can make such good friends on the internet? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not typical. So that's why I always tell people there are there is you know, there is some use to Instagram and uh, you know, oh, yeah. these things. It's not all, you know, uh negative. There's definitely there's ways you can use social media that are healthy and actually good for you. Totally. You know. Uh, I mean, some of my best friends are or I've met through Instagram and then in person, you know, at some sure. of these events, Workbench Con, Maker mm-hmm. Camp. Yeah. Yeah. They're like family. No. Yes. Yeah. This, definitely. There's uh there is a, a family that builds from those. Was uh, what was your first uh, event that you went to? I went to Workbench Con in Ooh, it was the second one they ever had. Was that 2018 okay. maybe? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But that was my first one. I had I had seen posts from the first one and I was like Wow, that looks cool. And then, um, <laughs> <laughs> then um, I, was, I decided, yeah, I gotta go to this. So when you when you decided to go to WorkbenchCon, was there anybody you had met from the online maker community in person before that? Yes, Ethan Carter Designs and Katie Freeman from Freeman Furnishings. They were, okay. they were my my little our little group. We the the OG we call ourselves. Right. <laughs> But did you guys, did you meet them before WorkbenchCon or did you meet them at WorkbenchCon? Not in person. We, we had been chatting on, on oh, Instagram. Okay. Yeah. So I made friends with them 
and then met them in person for the first cool. time at, at workbench. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always curious how people like how they, you know, first discovered that there was other people doing the same kind of thing and that they were, they were interested in like learning and like sharing what they learned with other people. Yeah. And then the, the next year I went, um, uh, the first year my husband came with me, mm-hmm. uh, he had a blast. The second year I went alone and I just, I floated around and I met all, uh, I mean, made friends with all kinds of people. I was just all over the place. It was so much fun. Yeah, that's great. Made tons of new friends. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think if you can make it to any of these things, uh, it's definitely worth it. And even if, you know, you have to find like a, a local event or just find one person who's, you know, not too far away and uh, it's get started. True. There's, uh, we don't have a big maker. I mean, I know, I know people who are makers just mm-hmm. personally, but there's not a whole, uh, I'm in South Louisiana, South Central Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of makers, makers of music. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, that counts. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's different. There's not a whole lot of makers that do what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of people who are doing stuff that aren't necessarily, you know, getting out there and sharing it with other people and they're just do They're out there in their shop, just making it, you know, they're not, uh, yeah, they're not out there. And I don't, if they're, if they're around here, I don't know about them and I wish mm-hmm. I would, you yeah. know, that'd be cool to hang out. Yep. Yeah, so it's interesting. I met a lot of people who are, you know, more or less local to me from going to driving somewhere else and then meeting them, you know, go to Boston and meet people. Oh. And they're like, oh, you're, you know, so it's yeah. always funny that when you do that. So, oh, that is funny. Yeah. There, I think the first one I went to, there was one person from New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. I'm about so. two hours away from New Orleans. Right. So it's not, you could. Go, yeah, you could hang out. We could, but, yeah, we could. <laughs> but it's not a, yeah, they're not in your hometown. But Right, right. That's cool. Um, one of the, I think one of the new things that um, happened, I don't know if it was in the last year or so, is that you starting to work with uh, Lincoln Electric? I did. It's been going great. I love it so much. I'm cool. so humbled that I get to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm still in disbelief almost. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's that's really cool that you know they can support uh, some of your work. Um, are you doing? Do you, I don't know what you know? Are you making videos or anything for them or doing that kind um, of stuff or just? I'm I'm sharing mm-hmm. um, on social media. Okay, using using their equipment and um yeah, um I'm going to make forty eight next week. And oh, they're cool. sponsoring my trip there. Uh, they're nice. a sponsor of Make 48 events. So I'm so happy to represent them. Um, I'm pumped. This is my third uh, Make 48 event. So I'm excited. It's been a while. Yeah, those are really fun. And I think that, um, where's this Make 48 going to be? Kansas City. It's Nationals. Oh, it's a national one in Kansas City. That's yes. cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I think you can you can help people, I think, from a couple of different directions, obviously, because... You're in this capacity. I think you're doing problem solving, helping them if they need something that's made out of metal. I yes. assume. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But of course, you know, obviously, Make Forty Eight is doing inventions like building like a product in forty eight hours. So obviously, yes. you have product design experience yes, as well. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, 
So, so it's, it's, yeah, kind of what a perfect, uh, it, perfect uh, candidate for that. It does. It reminds me of being in design school. The challenge that they, that the teams have to face mm -hmm. reminds me of being in design school. You know, okay. you come up with a, you know, you have a theme and you come up with a, an idea in 48 hours and you make a prototype. It's exactly what design school was like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And yes, it's pretty interesting that because Make48 just brings, I mean, there are some people who have some design experience. There are all yeah. these different um, people who get to go to it. Some people are just like a family and they just had, you know, they're like this, you know, they do it. <laughs> or, or some people are, you know, like, yeah, from a group from a school or something. So exactly. Pretty, yep. Pretty interesting. It is. Really it is. It's a, it's a, diverse group of people that that go it's not just uh, like one year um i think trek bicycles had a team um uh, their design um staff had a team okay yeah um so so and then it, there are families uh, this year i think there's two at least two teams that are just related <laughs> okay yeah yeah that's pretty cool yeah, so they're just like interested. They're like, this sounds like a fun challenge, or it's interesting, you know. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting to get. Um, well, that's sort of what the um, that year that April and I did our mm -hmm. project was. Uh, they had three events with makers. J Jimmy did one in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. April and I, and hmm, can't remember what what the other one was, but it was. It would be cool to have a team of makers right. participate in, in one of these events, one yeah. of the city events. Okay. Yeah, that would be interesting. I wonder if it would be fair. Um, right. <laughs> it's like so much problem right. solving expertise, like just concentrated, right? Right. Because <laughs> that's, that's kind of like makers are like, yeah, I can make anything. Just, you know, I, you know, like you said, like you're, you know, mainly a metal fabricator, welder, but you can figure out how you know how tools work right so like i can figure out anything <laughs> well and the thing about make 48 is that the teams don't actually make anything that's true the tool techs do so yeah. they're just the idea uh the, the idea right that's true that would be interesting to see jimmy duresta not touch any tools for 48 hours right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would yeah. be really difficult he'd elbow them out of the way give me that let me do it <laughs> yeah that yeah, would be actually really... jimmy's jimmy's gonna be at this event coming up okay that's that'll be fun yeah so yeah mick 48 is uh it's really interesting it's fun you can watch them if you go on like the pbs website they have all of them archived so people yes. want to check those out Yes, and they'll be on the Roku, uh, this old house network too. I think they're gonna start airing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, and also the yeah, Justin Maybe's uh, documentaries, his maker documentaries, are on there now. It is. Oh, mm -hmm. I watched myself on. Let's say, oh, it was last weekend. Mine aired for the first time. Okay. And I've seen it. Like I said, I showed it to my classes every every year. <laughs> yeah. I've seen this thing many many times and i was nervous watching it on tv that's funny because on tv it's <laughs> it was different yeah that's uh, interesting yeah that's really great i hope that you know because justin does like to highlight people who aren't necessarily you know don't have they're not they don't have a, like a, a big youtube channel necessarily they're right. just someone who's doing something really interesting yeah and uh, you know so he's like you know bring these people to a wider audience and obviously being on you know the roku channel is going to 
make that even wider. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, I have a small following. So I've been on Instagram for 10 years now and I still have a small following. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's who knows how that works. It's just, uh, it's a mystery. It's quality, not quantity for me. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, this, this weekend, I just wanted to mention you were doing, were you doing a teaching at the, you were at a music festival making I triangles, was, but I was doing a demo of, uh, okay. how to make traditional percussion instrument called the Tifar, which mm-hmm. means little iron in French. Okay. And, um, so before amplification came into play a lot of years and years ago, you know, uh, they usually Cajun bands didn't have a drummers they would just have a little triangle keeping the beat and, okay um so it's a, it's a traditional instrument here in cajun music and um so i was making some triangles at this camp so it's a camp that um is trying to keep the culture alive okay the, that's the really language cool. and the music so yeah all right so you're not just you know showing them how to play the music but showing them how to like actually make <laughs> I was, yeah, I was yeah. making them. Yep. That's so, cool. so a long time ago, they used to sort of upcycle old hay times into, mm-hmm. uh, into these instruments. That was right. before, you know, you couldn't go and buy raw steel at a, a, a shop, a metal uh, supplier or, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> that's all yeah, you, you had. Have, yeah, they have metal supermarket now. They actually have right. a supermarket, supermarket that's metal. So. Or online or whatever. Yeah. So right. they would upcycle these haytons into into mm-hmm. these instruments. So some people say that that's the only way to do it, you know, with these right. old, old haytons. Mm-hmm. That resource is kind of dried up around here. So yeah, there's probably not a lot of people, you know. Not a whole lot of, not a whole lot <laughs> well, of people making them and not a whole lot of people, not a whole lot of haytons to be had. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I think they make probably. Make them out of new steel. Yeah, I think you kind of have to, you know, like recognize the history of that. But still, if you want an instrument, you have to. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you might have to, you know, unless because again, they're, you know, they're again, they're not making any more new hay tines. No, they no. are not. No. And, no. you know, it's just you get a consistent sound. Uh, right. I use cold rolled steel. So mm-hmm. get a consistent sound. And, um, you know, people were telling me that someone broke one of my triangles like it snapped and i'm like wow that will happen you know you don't know what kind of stresses that steel has been put under before you got it (laughs) all Mm -hmm. those years ago Um, right yeah Uh, also it's hardened steel if you don't temper it correctly it'll it'll be brittle that's what i was thinking because the yeah the hay pines are hardened right so right so people, I think I've heard people making, you know, knives or whatever out of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Makes sense. Um, that's interesting. It's funny because I, when I was back at uh, Maker Camp in the Forge, I met, I can't remember his name. Tim he's Connect. A guy from Boston. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's out. And he, he's like, oh, I make these. And I'm like, because I, I, I had watched your video. So I was like, hey, that, that's interesting. <laughs> it's a gentleman yeah. from Boston who's makes traditional. Uh, <laughs> it's so, it's such a crazy thing. Like, he's been down here. He, mm-hmm. he studied Cajun music and he's right. been down here several times and like knows everyone that all the musicians down here that I know. Sure. And um, so uh, 
I walked up to the Lincoln tent to get ready to teach. And I see this man and I'm like, oh my, that is, <laughs> it was him. I didn't know he was going to be at maker camp or anything, but we, right. we got to meet in person. He was at my, he would come to my uncle's uh, fiddle camps when he right. had them. So <laughs> it was funny. just crazy, a crazy coincidence. Yeah, that's that's super cool. Yeah, so yeah, it was just yeah, it was just forging next to this guy, and I introduced himself, and <laughs> yeah. I learned uh, a little bit more about the instrument. So, oh, that's fun. cool. Yeah, 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 that's really makes, cool. He does beautiful work. Yes. Yep. All right. Well, um, that's just about an hour. I don't want to take up uh, too much of your time. Uh, people want to check out your work. Where can they find it? You can find me at studio-obey.com or brandy.studioobey on Instagram. I do have a, a YouTube channel with just a few videos. And if you search my name, Brandy Obey, A-U-B-E, you mm -hmm. can find some videos there. That's, okay. Yeah, that's where I hang out mostly. All right, cool. Yeah, and if you haven't seen uh, Justin's documentary, I'll put a link in the show notes there you can definitely check out uh, justin maybe's documentary on brandy yeah cool all right i just want to take a second to thank the patrons who uh help out the show uh top patrons are matt from artigiano serio and ed johns uh you can support the show and get access to the after show uh by going to patreon.com slash making problems to solve you can uh find out what's going on um on instagram at making problems to solve and you can see my work at dave bauer art on instagram oh thanks a lot for talking to me today oh thanks so much for having me <laughs> <laughs>